Welcome to Sex Talks Podcast with me, your host, Samanda Silohenda Iyam. I'm super excited to be here with you and I'm beyond grateful that you chose the Sex Talk Podcast. I'm all about creating an informed and educated society of young people who can openly have discussions about sexual health matters while sharing our personal experiences and receiving input from experts in the field. Before we can get right into it, Allow me to give you a bit of information about myself. I am a final year media student at the University of Namibia, a Their High Voice Fund ambassador to Namibia, and a sexual reproductive health rights activist with over five years of experience in the area. I began volunteering at a parenthood association at the age of 13. Here on, on Sex Talks podcast, we discuss anything that is sexual and reproductive health related. In this pilot episode, I am joined by Mehafo Amungela, a 21-year-old brilliant and amazing young woman who is the editor-in-chief of Infinity Youth Magazine and a radio presenter at Desert Radio, who stills our hearts every weekday between 1400 hours and 1500 hours on 95.3 FM. Mehafo, as she says it, she is crazy passionate about telling youth tales. Hi, Mehafo. Hi, Selma. Welcome to the Sex Talks podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I woke up a bit late, but I'm here and I'm good. Hey, all the matters is we are here and we're super excited to have you in the studio today. In today's episode, we, disa- we discuss sexual talks in an African household with our guest, Mehafo. How has your sexual journey been, Mehafo? I think it has been very, um, I don't know how to say, perhaps isolated, um, you know, figuring things out on my own as I go and, you know, eventually reaching a point where I was like learning from those who are older than me um, and things like that. But it started off very isolated, I think I can say. Okay. Can you maybe just give us a bit of context on why you would say it's isolated? Definitely because I was um, figuring things out myself. I was doing everything myself. It makes it sound like I was running a business, but (laughs) I wasn't running a business. (laughs) Um, I was just sort of in it alone, man. Um, Not really having anybody to say, no, this shouldn't slide. No, you shouldn't let this slide. No, this shouldn't be happening. Um, So there's that aspect. Um, But yeah, it no longer exists. (laughs) I'm glad that it no longer exists. And I mean, this is something that is similar for most young people living in an African household whereby you kind of get to figure things out as you go. Well, I got to hear that from my friends because, I mean, most of them were fortunate that I was their friend because I was at an association or a parenthood that was working with those things. So I kind of got to get information from what I knew because I was still young, but I got a bit of in-depth and I had a platform to go to. As she has mentioned, it was kind of isolated and this then allows us to dive into the second question of if you could shed some light on how your menstrual cycle journey was, how was it breaking the news to your parents? Did they offer you guidance or how did it actually go about when you got your first cycle and how old were you? <laughs> Girl, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how old I was. I must have been like grade nine. Um, so that's what, like 15, 16? Yeah, at least you were in high school. Yeah, it, it, it was somewhere in high school, early high school. And what happened was my aunt came over and it was a full day of like cooking and baking. I remember that specific time I was baking when I felt mm, something is wrong, man. And then I went to the toilet and then there's blood. I was like, hey, which one is this one? 
Um, and then I just I went into my mother's cupboard because you know there was a guest there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really talk to her about it at the time, so I went into her cupboard and I found whatever it is, whatever it is that I found. And I think at the time it was panty liners. It was Comfitex panty liners, and I took them. I took the whole box, <laughs> and I went to my room, and I think they were under the pillow. So I was using panty liners for my first like few days of my period, and I think this went on for about maybe a week or a few days. Because um, what happened next was my cousins were visiting us or something. And I remember feeling so ashamed having these panty liners under my pillow. Because, like, nobody can know. Now, now I look back and I'm like, oh, what was that? <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? What was going on? But then eventually I think um, I did mother. Um, I found her in her bedroom without when my dad wasn't there. And I said, mommy, I think I got my period. She was like, I don't remember her reaction. I wish I remembered her reaction. Um, but she told me about pads, and I believe she had these always. She used to use always, and they were the winged ones, and she showed me how to use them. And then from then on, it was vibes, man. But I won't lie to you. I have some of the most painful periods ever. Like, it's debilitating. There are days where there are days where I, I can't human. There have been days where I literally text work, and I'm like, guys, I can't make it. I literally, I can't. I can't. I can't eat, I can't get out of bed. It's terrible. And then painkillers take like three hours to kick in and then they stay in the system for like two, three, four hours. And they're out while they're supposed to stay in the system for like six or eight or 24 hours. It's it's terrible. Yo, I'm yeah. so sorry to hear about that, bit. My periods aren't any better, but at least I function as a human mm. throughout most of the days. And I can totally relate to her stories. I mean, I got my first periods when I was grade six. Mm. Mind you. Oh, that is early. I wasn't even volunteering anyway. I didn't know about anything. Uh. And like, yo, three days. Three days because, I mean, my cousin was not at home. It was just me and my aunt. And I'm like, ah, this old woman. How do I go about <laughs> it? <laughs> and I was just there. I didn't use panty liners. I used to have the papers. Like, I used to pile them up and everything. And finally, my cousin came back from, what is this, from the weekend, so at least she was able to give me some beds and you know help the whole thing to facilitate the Yo. whole conversation. Yo, like, guys, grade six is early. Yo. And you know what makes it worse was the fact that I think it was in my grade seven, three mm. months I didn't get my periods, but I just used to wear the beds because I was scared of them saying <laughs> I'm pregnant. <laughs> So I used to wear the pants for like those whole three months and I'm just like, okay, I throw it away. And I didn't know what's going on. I was like, could I be pregnant? You know, this is actually a health matter and I was supposed to seek assistance. Yeah. But I mean, how do I tell my mom that you need to go to the doctor because you haven't gotten your periods? No. How it's, do I even just tell her I didn't get my periods this month? Exactly. Where have I been? What have I been doing? Ooh, so you see, yeah, those are some of those giving. I'm just like, yo, guys, imagine toilet papers. And, you know, it's not even healthy, but mm. sex talks is here for all those things. We actually make the journey easier for you. I mean, we can help with the whole disclosing and we give you advice. I mean, you're not the only one. And if you haven't engaged into sexual intercourse, you are actually not pregnant and you need to seek medical assistance. I mean, if I hadn't got on my periods after those three months, I don't know what was going to happen. But definitely I was not going to be accused of pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you also got some guidance as to what type of uh, pads or what type of menstrual products do you want to use. And that is actually kudos to your parents, man. I mean, she has done an amazing job because I got to find out about those things when, uh, what is this? 
when I started volunteering, the what the menstrual cups, the mm. whole things are for instance the wings and no wings because then I just I kind of blended in as to what they used to use and mm-hmm. I didn't find something of my own and it yeah, took same. a while for me to find so maybe you can help us or you can uh shed some light on how the journey went about finding the type of menstrual products that do work out for you because seeing like I mean I have a heavy flow the first time I used the, what is this is it the stay free pads mm. I kind of saw myself leaking. I don't even know if that sounds correct because mm-hmm. I have such a heavy flow and I didn't know. I was just like, you know what? Okay, these are pets. I took them from a shop because my parents gave me money. And it was like, okay, what's going on? So it was like a whole roller coaster for me. So how was that journey for you? I think for me, because, you know, my mother introduced me to pets because that's what she used to use. So for the longest time, that's all I used. Um, and she would buy the pets for me. So I would tell her, hi, I need pets. I, I need pets and I would never I would never buy them for myself because you know I had a mom and she used to go to work and she could pass by town and bring them you know things like that um and then she started buying she used to buy always mm-hmm. and she started buying Kotex and that's not where I am and I love Kotex same girl Kotex is the one shim it's a way to go so um yeah and then I think thanks to my sister she's sort of the one who introduced me to like tampons because my sister was like this pet business, I'm not doing it. Because we have to be honest, guys. Pets can cause rashes, discomfort. And some people just don't like the feeling of, you know, using a pet. Um, so she started buying tampons and she started using them. And I remember I was like, mm, can I try? <laughs> <laughs> and then I used one and, you know, she even had, she's my younger sister, by the way. But she's very much, she's very progressive. So I remember I was asking, how do you even put this thing in? But I'm like, hey, well, it's, uh, it's this small, how does it, you know, like... And she taught me like the whole 90 degree thing where you basically like the, if it works for you, it doesn't work for everyone. I recently just got to know that it doesn't work for a friend of mine. But basically you put one leg on the toilet pot, one leg on the floor, and then you just put it in there and it does the things. And apparently you must push it in until like you can't feel it anymore. Um, so yeah, she sort of introduced me to tampons and then I started buying them. But for a while they weren't working for me. So I had like three boxes of tampons that I wasn't using. <laughs> And I think that was the, basically the whole of last year. You had I stock at home. I had stock. I had stock. <laughs> I wasn't using. And then um, this year, I started using them again. Because, like I said, you know, pads do sometimes cause rashes and stuff. Because you're sitting in it the whole day, essentially. Yeah, you put true. one on in the morning. You change it a few hours later. A few hours later, you change it. You sleep in it. So, like, at some point, it's, it's uncomfortable. It can cause rashes. So, I did start using tampons. And, yeah, that's how I figured it out. Okay, well, uh, just going back, you had a point of whereby you had to wait for your mom to be alone in the room so you had mm. the conversation. Let's talk about how your dad came in the whole picture. She's just like, okay, eventually he was just like, <laughs> okay, I think she's grown now. She should have had this conversation with the mom. Oh, how did that go? Or did he never really come in the conversation? Um, He never really came in the conversation. But a couple of years ago, I started spreading an agenda, propaganda in my <laughs> house. <laughs> um, basically, I just started including him in everything. I was like, no, I need to go to the hospital. My periods are trying to kill me, you know? Mm-hmm. Put it out there because he should know. As a man, you have a wife, you have daughters, you have siblings that are women. Well, no, they're older now, but like you have nieces. Um, and like these, we are going through this. You need to know about this. And he hates it. He absolutely hates it. Every time I say, I'm not feeling well. So, oh, Chicano. Like, what is it now? Because I'm always not feeling well, apparently. And I'm like, no, my period is starting to kill. It's like, ah, don't tell me about these things. I'm like, you need to know. 
and I will make sure you know you will become comfortable with knowing this information if it's the last thing I do. Go mm, can we adopt you in the house? Well, it depends. Do you guys have like? Do I get my own room? You guys have like hot water. Will I have to wash dishes? Will I have to cook? Because <laughs> I don't like doing that. Because you have to spread an agenda. We can work on something. Yeah, because absolutely. this is something that needs to be out there. Because mm. I mean, like I look at uncles and I look at cousins and I'm just like, okay, guys. It's one thing for you to be mad, but you kind of need to hear this conversation. Yeah, you they you need to need have to this know. conversation. You might have daughters. I mean, even if you don't, we are here. Mm. And you need to be part of our lives. Because mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation with a friend that... <laughs> they were sent to the shop to get, uh, what is it, spades. Guess what they came back with? Mm. Pentiliners. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Yeah, I also had a conversation with a friend of mine last weekend. She was like, she sent her best friend, who's a guy, mm-hmm. to go buy her tampons, I believe. I was like... Okay, I'm here. Talk quickly. Which ones are they? What color is the box? Send it quickly. I can't have my fellow men looking at me while I'm doing these things. But I'm like, it should be normal. You know? Wow. It should be normal. You can't have your fellow men. I mean, what will happen to your wife, your girlfriend, your kids? Mm. So these are some of the things that we actually need to have a conversation about. And we need to be enlightened about because it can't keep going on for so long. This mm-hmm. is a conversation that we should have without being shy of having it because you are a man. Definitely. Okay, let's talk about your life skills lessons. Did they actually give you in-depth? Because I remember we've had life skills ever since I was grade five. Well, I had got my periods in primary school, but I don't remember anything that is related to menstruation in my life skills class. Yeah, I, I don't think my life skills class covered that. If anything, they sort of just talked about, like, drug and substance abuse. Um, yeah, I don't remember menstruation in my life skills class. But I do remember it in um, life science. There I remember it. And I, I remember I never understood it. Because I was like, what is a cycle? What do you mean 28 days? And then what? What? Like, I until now, this 28-day thing, give me zero, Shem. Give me zero. All I know is my period comes every month. It comes with pain. It comes with heavy bleeding. <laughs> and I cannot human. That's all I know. Don't ask me 28-day things. So that's that's essentially where I learned about, like, my menstrual cycle, um, it was definitely in life science class and not necessarily life skills. I don't remember much in life skills. But I do remember a teacher, um, an aunt of mine who's a teacher, mm-hmm. I think a, a year or so after I got my period, um, you know, she came to me and she was like, you know, you know, have you guys been taught about menstruation and things like that? And I was like, no, I mean, we haven't been taught much, but, you know, I have had my period for a while now and I'm, you know, starting to figure things out. And she was just basically like, yeah, you know, if you need anything, if you need any assistance, any advice, I'm here for you, girl. And I was like, thanks, bro. Sabawa, having an aunt like that. Yeah, that was that was that was very nice. Oh, another thing is this whole twenty-eight thing day, the ovulation. Mm-hmm. Man, sex talks got you covered. Mm-hmm. Just stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Might as well be the lesson of your life that you actually get it. But yes, in terms of what is this menstruation? Now we are growing up and getting to the stage of being sexually active, and then contraception come our uh, contraceptives actually get to come in violence i mean having intimacy with the next person discovering your sexuality how has that journey been for you and i mean first it was a menstruation you kind of need guidance as to how to go about it what products to use and now you are here with the whole thing of do i need to use pills is it the injection or like how did what role did your parents play in the and if not your parents who have you had to actually support throughout this journey and find the right products for you? Hmm. Um. So my parents, I don't think they 
no, they didn't play a role in any of my, um, how do I say this, in any of my experiences with contraceptives. Um, you know, my dad is a very open man. Like, that man, hey, he's open. Which is sort of funny, because how you open about everything except menstruation? Like, come on, bruh. But yeah, you know, he had, he has had talks with me about, you know, sex and um, condomizing and things like that. But when it comes to, like, um, contraceptives, like implants, birth control, pill, um, patches, IUDs and all of that, we haven't really had that conversation. But I do remember, I don't remember the circumstances, but I went to my doctor. I think it was when I was going through things with my skin. And, you know, birth control does fix some of those issues. So True. she put me on um, the, the patch, and the idea was brilliant. Imagine three times a week, three times a, mo- a, w- a month, you stick something there by your thigh, and you go about your business. It, it's amazing, right? Except it was terrible for me. I was bleeding throughout the entire, I believe I tried it out for one to three months. I was bleeding throughout. I just It just wouldn't stop. And I remember the first period I got with the patch. Yo, I went to the hospital. I'm not joking. I went to the hospital. And that time my dad was in the north, I believe. So I woke up and I told my mother, brah, I can't. Like, I, I need to go to the hospital. So I called my cousin and I was like, bro, you need to come and you need to take me to the hospital. And we went to the hospital. That was like three hours after I woke up because like the pain was so much when I woke up. Went to the hospital and I got a pain injection. And then you know, it finally kicked in. So we went, got some food. I had to buy the painkillers and everything else that was prescribed to me. I think I had to buy it. I had to pay a levy of like $100. And I was like, hey. And that was at a time where I was like, this was like 2020. I was broke. Job what? <laughs> <laughs> so yay, that $99. Yay. And I also have to eat because, you know, I need to take pain. Or I just got a pain injection, so I need to eat. So it was definitely hectic. Um... I went back to my doctor and she was like, get off it. Because I, th- I was also having blood clots at the same time. So I was like, get off it immediately. And then my next birth control was the pill, which I believe I was on for about a year, a little bit over a year, maybe two years. Um, this one was prescribed by my dermatologist. Because at that time, you know, I had terrible skin issues. If I show you the before and afters, whoo, which I'm not going to do because that's <laughs> not what we're here for. <laughs> but it was that bad. And I went to a dermatologist and she was like, cool, try out this. And it actually helped um, together with a couple other things. But one thing I'll say about the pull now is if you're not a consistent person, don't do it. Because it requires so much discipline. When that alarm rings, you need to take it there and then. So thankfully, I haven't had issues. Um, I've. Thankfully, never been pregnant. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, so it worked for me, despite my inconsistency. But definitely only take it if you know you will take it. Um, oh. And then now, I uh, I got the, an IUD inserted last week. And let me tell you what they don't tell you about IUDs. Okay, girl. <laughs> let, me, let, me tell, let me tell you guys, because I'm upset. Why are you upset? So I went to my doctor and I was like, I can't keep taking the pull button. I'm tired. It was getting to a point where I would get the notification. I'm take your medication. Da, 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 and I'll just be like, but I don't want. <laughs> you know, I was just like, I don't want. So it wasn't a personal choice. I Bro, don't I want. Like, Not that you forgot. I don't want, man. So I, I, I was like, girl, if you don't want, you don't want to end up with a pregnancy button. So you need to go and get another option. So I went to my doctor and I was like, yo, think about another option. At first I thought the implant. Mm-hmm. But then she told me that, you know, um, the implant causes issues later in life 
like five years along the line you're going to have hectic issues like fertility issues and ovary issues and all of that so immediately i was like immediately no i'm like no i'm not taking chances so then the iud was my next option and you know she did speak to me about it but she didn't tell me about the pain um the 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 antibiotics that you have to be put on and all of these other things so i got it last week and um i got it inserted by a gynecologist which i do recommend and i'll tell you why um i've actually been meaning to record an instagram video for my followers um about my experience so this works oh wow <laughs> this <thank> works <laughs> um i'll tell you why i prefer you get a gynecologist do it um and that's because gynecologists take scans of your uterus before they insert the iud they take a scan before and then they put in they insert it and then they take a scan after this is to make sure that it's in the right place and that is very important because if it's not in the right place it can definitely cause you problems so it's number one if obviously i'm not going to be tone deaf gynecologists are expensive i had to pay a lot of money i remember i was on the phone with my mother and we were just quiet I'm not lying because my mom pays for like the any health stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I was on the phone with her and I was like, "Bro, they are asking for like $900." And she was just like, Oof. And I was like, Oof. And "We're just kind of they're like looking at each other, you know that I." Yeah, yeah, like just kind of quiet both of us on the other side of the phone and I'm like, "So, what do we do? Should I go for <laughs> should it? I go or for should it? I, do I leave? What do we do?" So, you know, we ended up um making an agreement to pay half and pay the other half at the end of the month. Uh so that was good. But they are expensive. So you can go to a GP or your GP and just ask that they do a scan before and they do a scan after. So that way even if they were going to do it, it's better to know that they're going to do it, you know. Um so yeah, that's number 1. And then number 2 is guys, the pain. Not just insertion but also post insertion. Can, can I just have a moment of silence? <laughs> Please go. We are here for you. Yo, I was can lying I in that bed. I was lying in that bed now and my mouth just my jaw just dropped. I was like what is this? That is the most pain I've gone through in my entire life. And I remember just saying to the doctor, that is the most discomfort I've ever felt in my entire life. I and he was like, was it that bad? I was like, yes, yes it was. Um but yeah, did it and then when I left there was a lingering there was a lingering pain, a lingering cramp that was just there. And I sat in his chair because we left now the the room with the bed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it. And we went back to the office. And I sat in his chair and I said, "So what am I going to do with this pain?" <laughs> and he said <laughs> and he said to me, "I'll prescribe you something for the pain." Um which he did. But he also prescribed me antibiotics. Two kinds that made me so nauseous. And you know, these I, I believe the antibiotics because you know they are inserting a foreign body into you. So it it needs to tell the end the antibiotics are there to tell the body which are don't 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 kick the iud out relax it's, it's okay it's not a foreign body it's here to serve a purpose so i was on antibiotics two types um one i had to take one tablet three times a day the other one one tablet twice a day and one of these made me absolutely nauseous like i literally started eating ye- well, not even yesterday yeah yes yesterday yeah yesterday i started eating yesterday it was th- it was that bad so those are things that you need to be aware about the pain post uh, during insertion and post insertion um as well as antibiotics i'm not sure if it's something that every doctor gives by something that i was given so i just want to put the word out there that you know 
you need to know these things. And also, if you are feeling unsure, go on Reddit. Every people who share their experiences there, people who get any sort of birth control, they share their experiences there. And these are experiences that doctors typically might not tell you about. So go on Reddit, look at people's opinions who have gone through this, and then make your choice. But also at the same time, keep in mind, né, this birth control game is rigged. It's rigged. Because one birth control, for example, the patch. I know somebody who said, I, I believe she uses it until now. Works perfectly for her. Meanwhile, I was bleeding and getting blood clots. The pill. Other people, it made them gain weight. It made them depressed, which I think it also made me depressed. <laughs> but yeah, it made them gain weight. It made them depressed. It made them um, cause the mood swings and just a lot of hormonal imbalance. And while for me, I was fine. You know, so it, it's really, th- there's no, there's no right or wrong, I suppose. You don't know what's going to work for you until you try it. Well, this actually reminds me of what I've had. It's like, you know what, this is a whole journey. It's more like finding yourself and mm. what works for the next person might not work for you, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try it out because we say the whole pain, we say the consistent bleeding, but this is something that you need to go. It's a journey that you should discover yourself and it's something that you can actually involve your parents in and not can, you should involve them in mm-hmm. it so they actually help you and it's not something that you should do on your own. So, guys, your journey... Wow, I see. I like the effort and I like the fact that you actually went back and be like, you know what, this is not working for me. I'm just tired of doing it because for me with the pills, it's not even a matter of I don't want to take them. I just don't remember. I mean, in a week, I take them twice. And I'm just like, okay. Okay, okay. pro tip now. If you have an iPhone, um, the health app has a medication setting sort of. So you can lo- log all your medications there, set a time to take them, and we'll remind you. Like currently, um, when I was on antibiotics, I got a notification, time to log your 9.45 medications. And it works. And then you have to log that you've taken or you've skipped it. So that helps. Me, go. I skip my alarm even when you think. I'm not bad. I am I so bad. I suck at that. I don't. But yeah, it's something that we get. And one thing for sure, is especially with the pills, when you skip them, that's when you're at higher risk. Yeah, if you skip them, they don't work effectively. And the more you skip them, you have to go back and take more or you have to get emergency contraceptive, or you have to leave the that packet and take a new one and skip the inactive pills. It's just, it's a lot. It's really a lot of admin, guys. Go. Emergency contraceptives. If I tell you about that whole story of, yeah, ne? a lot happened, so I went to look for an emergency contraceptive. Cool. Firstly, my periods got delayed for like two weeks, and I'm like, ah, do I have a human inside <laughs> me? God. Ooh, you're going I, through things those two weeks then. <laughs> yeah, I was paranoid, literally. I mean, you'd be there sipping your drink and just like, you know, I, I have work to do. And then, boom, I thought he's your hand. You're like, you don't have your period. <laughs> Girl, you could be pregnant. And you're like there, and you're like, okay, cool. Perhaps I need to take myself out for lunch. And you're like, maybe I should be saving this money for nappies. <laughs> Or you are just there like, you know what? I need to go get cosmetics. And you're like, ah, I can't shop now. I might not need some <laughs> pants, but I actually need the nephews. And I was just there, like, Oh Yo. my God. Guys, I was so paranoid. And what makes it worse was the fact that they got delayed with two weeks. Mm. Fine. As if that, was, that wasn't worse, I got my periods for eight days. Eight yes. straight days. Yo, mind you, I usually have my periods for four days. Mm. And like, yo, four extra days. And then after that, I was like, you know what, nee, let me consult. Because, mm. I mean, I go to a public, what is this, um, uh, clinic. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me go to the Napa clinic. 
I mean, that's like the association I was telling you guys I used to like volunteer for, and that's where I get most of my knowledge from because I mean, they save me from a lot of drama. And mm-hmm. like, I go there, and I was having a conversation with our nurse, and he's like, the worst it can go to, and that's when we consider it abnormal, is five months going up. I'm like, sir, do you hear yourself? By five months? Do you see me bleeding for five months? Is that something that can happen? Do you know the logistic? I mean, I'm not going to function. I mean, I can easily get fired. Mm. School is going to be, on the other hand, fighting me. What am I supposed to do with that? It's like, you know what? The only thing that we can do for you is if I give you the pills and you start taking them, they might actually, what is this? Stop the bleeding. I mean, that's what. That's the only method that I can recommend for you. Mm. And God, did I not? I didn't even think twice. I was like, bring the pills. I'm going to keep <laughs> those things with me. If it goes on for more than 10 days, I am going to take the pills. I'm not going to bleed for five months. But because Katsu loved me so much, <laughs> he just went to eight days and he stopped. And I was like, but it's also one thing. I mean, there are other contraceptives that you can stick to, but then it's one thing for you to be have a backup plan i mean you can have the pills you can have an iud and you still use condoms i mean they protect you from sexual transmitted diseases but yeah you know it was just like a whole thing that was happening and i'm just like never again i am going to find one that works for me because me being paranoid me bleeding for five six months mm. definitely not my type of lifestyle but please do find what works for you do not hear what works for us here because we are different people and we are going to have different experiences and also, yeah. if you want to share your experiences, you can do so on our various social media platforms, or you can leave a comment, subscribe on our on the various platforms that the Sex Talk podcast is available for you. You know, speaking of you know um, having backup contraceptives, now, it's very important. I think as young people, we forget like we are just focused on we don't want kids, but like you could easily get an STD, you know. And as much as we are at a, we've reached a time where you know it won't ruin your life, you won't die. It's still important, you know, to um, to take care of yourself because it will affect your health regardless, you know. So use a backup contraceptive. If something has happened, but don't go get a go get prep. It's prep, right? Yes. Yeah, go get prep. Um, go get the emergency contraceptive if you're unsure. You know, take care of yourself. Cover all your bases, not just protecting yourself from pregnancy. Please, if you're like me. I like my house so much. Mm-hmm. I like, I need to be safe. I don't like going to the hospital consistently. Another thing is kids are adorable. <laughs> but when they are returnable, that's <laughs> the only time when kids are adorable. Yeah. I don't mind babysitting. I don't mind taking care of my nephews, my niece, my cousins. Like, bro, those are adorable creatures. But having one of my son, like, no. bro. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's got to wait because I cannot be taking care. Like, I'm already failing to take pills. <laughs> just pills <laughs> imagine a whole human being that relies on exactly, me exactly no. so like i still have to grow like it's still a journey that i'm supposed to be on to and actually reaching a point where i'm like yes i'm ready to have a child but right now uh, shame i'm not gonna do that and then that brings us into the whole thing of having relationships with people and i mean depending on whether you're actually what is this what you identify as how important is it to involve your partner in making the decision? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not even making the decision <laughs> because me now it's my body, but mm-hmm. just involving them in the decision you have made as to what contraceptive you're going to be using. And them holding your hand throughout the whole journey. How has that been for you? <laughs> Girl, me, I don't. What is a partner? <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, no, I don't. I've never really like involved a partner. Because I'm like, 
this is entirely my choice to make you know and um yeah it's it's for me you know so i will like tell you if i have a partner at the time and i'm going to get an iud i'm going to say yeah i'm going to get an iud on monday but i'm not going to say yo What's should i get point? an iud or should i get a if i get a will no we're not doing that it's my body my you know? choice my body my choice um so yeah i think well yeah. it's not necessarily like I was at a point when I was taking the pills and I had a partner and they're like, hi, did you take your medication? And I mean, it made the whole journey easier because then it's just not my app reminding me to take my pills, mm. but rather it's a whole individual that actually calls and they're like, and they're like, okay, have you taken your medicine? How do mm. you feel? And it kind of makes it better because you are consistent. Unlike my mm. app, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to close it off or I'm just going to be like, <laughs> yes, I've done it. So it kind mm. of is the whole process. And yes, you don't I think that's, that's definitely helpful. And not just like a, a sexual partner, but also just, you know, a sibling, an aunt, just somebody to be like, yo, have you taken your meds? Have you changed your patch? Um, your IUD is expiring in three months. Have you gone to get a new one? You know, it, it definitely does help to have support. Yeah. So definitely do find a support system. If you don't have a partner, you can always find who's that, a friend, somebody that you can actually have this conversation with. And, well, let's talk about guys. How involved are you within this whole thing of contraceptives relationship-wise with your partners? Because, I mean, it's not only about ladies, it's also about you. I mean, it takes two to make a kid. Mm-hmm. So it takes two to get the, what is this, STD. And I'm like, it's one thing for you. I mean, I've had a conversation of people whereby they're like, you know what, I'm just going to put, what is this, withdraw? And I'm not going to have a kid. I'm like, yo! Stop lying, Batong. <laughs> wait, I mean, I, people fear a kid more than their own heart. Like, yes. It's, it's As long as I don't have a kid, it's fine. You don't mm. go for any checkups in terms of your health. And you're like... And somebody was like, I don't fear a kid more. I fear HIV more. And I'm like, okay, perhaps you are more safer because you are... Mm. Well, what is this? You're more prone to actually take... um, What is this? That the required measures to protect yourself and your partner. But, man, we want to hear from you as well. You know, I, I feel like... Um, f- not really, the solution is not really to fear STDs, but sort of to be wary of them. Because when you're wary of STDs, then you're going to use the right measures that are going to protect you from both STDs and pregnancies. So you sort of kill two birds with one stone. Rather than fearing pregnancy um, and not STDs and then eh, pull out a method, which <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> please. Which doesn't work. That's the reason why some uh, of us get paranoid for <laughs> two weeks. So please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you go, you say what, what, pull out method and then you know you're not protecting yourself against STDs so you know be wary of STDs and be wary of pregnancy at the same time yeah so man not only men I mean when was the last time you went for a general health checkup just to see how you're doing um it was last year I don't remember exactly which month but it was last year I went for a whole the whole shebang pap smear everything blood work pregnancy test alles and you know it everything um, did come back uh, negative. Um, so I was, yeah, everything came back negative. Um, so that was very good. <laughs> very good. <laughs> but I also do, you know, pregnancy tests, even if there's not a need. You never know, Batong. Those things, they are fighting to exist. <laughs> so whenever I go to the doctor, um, I go to Commerce Medical Center. So, you know, they send you down to the clinic first and they do, they take your blood pressure, I think. I don't know these things. They, d- they do the thing with the arm <laughs> and yeah, the thing with the finger. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they do that. And, you know, they usually ask, do you want a pregnancy test? Me, I just say yes. 
I say yes because those things fight to survive. Those no, things. Imagine four months down the line and then you find out. Ah, please don't stress me. Like, don't stress me. What am I supposed to do with you? Don't stress me. <laughs> so it's always better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. And well, you're still tuned on to the Sex Talk Podcast. We are here. And as our audience, we want to find out when was the last time that you actually had this checkup? Do you know what's going on with yourself? Do you have something that works for you? Or are you still in that journey? Because it's one thing for us to always have a conversation of. I'm not on anybody, so I don't deserve to be on any contraceptive. Mm. Is that true? Because, I mean, you got actually have a few drinks, and then you find someone, then what happens? You're not on to anybody for the past how many weeks, and then boom, one day, one night, you're on to somebody. Then what happens? I think that, you know, that brings, um, that re- reminds me about, you know, the whole emergency contraceptive thing. Because I think the reason I, yes, I remember, the reason I got the the patch mm-hmm. wasn't just for my skin, but it was also because I was taking a lot of emergency contraceptives. And, you know, there's all these rumors, they don't work if you take them more than what, what per month. So they got to me, which I've now come to learn that it's not necessarily true. But they got to me and I was like, you know what? Um, first of all, it's costly to be taking emergency contraceptives. Damn costly. Because obviously I was not buying them on medical aid because I'm not trying to get have my mother see, which I, yeah, on the, <laughs> so I was paying for them. And it gets costly. So I remember I was like, I can't, it's better to have a long-term solution than these ad hoc solutions. True. Yeah. Okay. Now we are almost at the end of today's episode and we'd like to find out how have you preferred somebody to actually give you a guide around menstruation, contraceptives, around identifying who you are and what works for you? How would you have or if, I mean, we're about to be parents at a specific point or you're bound to have nephews and nieces and younger siblings, how would you provide guidance or better guidance from them, something that you have not received throughout your journey? I think uh, it's just to normalize these conversations. It shouldn't be a thing of um, taboo, let's whisper. Um, or It shouldn't be that. You know, it should just be, yo, can I talk to you about periods? Oh, when was the last time you got your period? How's your period like? You know, is it painful? Uh, do you take painkillers? Are you able to go to school? Do you, is it heavy flow? You know, we should just have these conversations naturally. It shouldn't be like a shy away topic um, where we're not speaking to our friends about it. Sit in a circle. All of us who menstruate, all of us who go through these experiences, sit in a circle and talk about it, you know? Shouldn't be something we shy away from. I think that's the, definitely the best way to do it because... Um, because even when it comes to sex, or sex talks, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> even when it comes to sex talks, like, you know, um, find somebody, it starts with somebody who's just remotely comfortable and talk to, to them about it, you know? Um, a friend, an old sibling, um, even a parent, an aunt, a family member, what, whoever, you know? And just talk about it. Like, open your mouths. Talk, like I'm doing now. You do it once and it kind of gets comfortable as you go mm. along the line. Yeah, definitely. So you have to start somewhere. Shift out of your comfort zone and have such conversations. Oh, while we are here. Guys, I was having a pleasant night yesterday and then I read the headlines about an 11-year-old mm. that was raped by a 24-year-old. <laughs> Not raped. I mean, I was something that also frustrated me about this headline was the fact that they said sexual intercourse. Mm. An 11-year-old with a 24-year-old. It's it's not. When are we actually going to have the conversations of rape, 
sexual intercourse and differentiating the line between the two. You know, it, it reminds me of this tweet. Um, you know, someone was like, you don't say swimming without breathing. You say drowning, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why we must mix the t- it. You are drowning. It's rape, period. And this then uh, brings us to having these conversations in our households because this is an 11-year-old. And mind you, it's not a stranger. It's a cousin. Mm. You stay with this person. You live with this person. Like, mm-hmm. literally every single day we get to see them. And what's worse is this is several occasions because then you impregnated. This happened around about September last year. Mm. This child is 27 weeks pregnant mm-hmm. by this person. But we actually never... Let's not assume that this is more like something that a platform is not created for this child to have an open conversation at home about Mm -hmm. things that are happening around them. Because if you don't have those conversations, how are you going to find out that your child is actually being, uh, what is this, um, violated? How are you actually going to find out that this child is not being abused? So as a parent or as a younger sibling or as someone that lives in the same um, household with someone or you have a circle of friends, how often do you have these conversations? Because we never know. Just a simple conversation and extending a helping hand to have this conversation can actually and bring so a lot of revelations to you that this is what has been happening within someone's life. Yeah, to that, I, I sort of have two comments I'd like to make. Mm-hmm. And number one is, you know, teaching children about their bodies, you know. Um, use the correct terms. Don't say, this is your cupcake. No one must touch your cupcake. It's a vagina. Cupcake is Nobody must touch your vagina. And that child must openly say, this person touched my vagina. They must know those terms. The child can come say, this person touched my cupcake. And then that child, that day they had cupcakes at school, you simply dismiss it because it's cupcake, you know. But we need to teach children these words so they know what to say. They know that nobody must touch their vagina. This is my vagina and nobody must touch it. Even when my parents are bathing me, they say, wash here. You know, wash your vagina yourself. You know? Um, so that's number one. And then number two is respecting children. That's something we definitely don't do, especially in African households. A <laughs> child says, no, I don't want to hug hoo Leave the child. Why are you forcing? When, when you make a child hug this person who they don't want to hug, you teach them that their consent doesn't matter, their bodily autonomy doesn't matter. You teach them that regardless, they must do this because this person is older. And that eventually in some cases can trickle down to assault to violation where it's like no i'm an adult therefore you must do this because i'm a i'm an adult or whatever and it's the other thing is there's also children saying they don't feel comfortable around somebody it's for a reason well you know this reminds me of and i'm like i'm so proud of my aunt because there was a conversation that we're having you know you know those uncles that just come at your house and they have a conversation with you and everything because bathong they are most your what, your what is this, your aunts, your whatever's friends, or just a family member. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him like, you know what, you the uncle that you constantly keep that constantly keeps uh, keeps coming here for like whatever assistance, or they just pop up to greet you. Mm-hmm. You know when they don't find you at home, they always make those funny remarks, or they always touching him like I don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable because then that came from the day when my mom was not at home, or like. My aunt, but rather I call her my mom. She was not at home. And she was actually, what is this? She was asking, why did you ignore the uncle? I'm like, when you're not here, if he's not grabbing and making all sorts of funny comments, then it's just something else. And I'm not comfortable with it. Not even that I'm not comfortable. It's not right. They are violating me. Yeah, it's not right. And I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. And that's how she actually drew the line as to 
you make an appointment or you say when you're coming to a house and I am there. And mm. this has to come to an end because you're making kids feel uncomfortable in their mm. own space. Yeah. And I was quite happy because she didn't just say, no, why didn't you do ABC yeah. because he was here? But rather she extended that to say, what actually happened? What was, what, why did you not do that? Why, mm-hmm. how did it get to this point? You see, She essentially protected you. Yes. So she put you above this random uncle. Man. You see, it's one thing for them to be grown men, but things they do i mean mm-hmm. we also then come in and what is this you know an era whereby we actually get to stand up for ourselves you know our rights but it's something that has not existed back then and yeah. had she reacted worse i would have actually understood because it comes from the era that they've grown up in yeah. but then it's a fact that she's adjusting i mean we can consider her hey as an ama 2000 at this point <laughs> she was welcome to the gang you know he's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i was like okay cool at least like you've been better than most of people of your age not that it's what is this it's something that is a bad thing but we also have to understand they come from a different era and Mm -hmm. as people or as human beings we get to learn from one another as a child you get to educate them about specific things and as an adult you get to educate me about more other basic things that i'm not aware of yeah and well i think i feel like i did leave out a specific aspect of where you did mention that you go to the commerce uh, medical center mm-hmm. and that's like a, what is this, a private kind of entity mm-hmm. and i'm like it's not only that you should have a medical aid or you should have a private entity that um actually checks you out but then you can go to what is this um uh or government uh mm-hmm. entities to actually seek the services they yeah. are available or you can go to youth friendly clinics that do exist i mean we do have napa that has youth friendly clinics around the whole country and that's a conversation we're going to have another day so do stay tuned for or on the sex talk podcast we get to enlighten you inform you educate you and we get to bring in guests and young people that you are able to relate to that you're able to get um empowered educated and informed about what is going on around you and your health related issues with that being said we are super super grateful to have you in studio today thank you so much for coming through and sharing your experiences my half it's a pleasure and as our audience we do ask you and we do call that you go for your daily uh checkup not daily but i mean monthly checkups you do know what's going on with your body you do know where to seek your what is this there various services from and you make the right choices it's all about you and you need to speak up um actually initiate conversations of this sort within your households within your friendships within your circle school wherever you find yourself because you can save the next person with that being said please do stay tuned our next episode will be available and if you have any topics or any issues that you'd like to discuss about we look forward to hearing your input on our various social media platforms. with that being said amigos adios i mean my friend says i say wrong but i still do it every day it's been two <laughs> years of me saying it so well thank you so much